Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, each and every one of you, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad to have so many teenagers that listen day by day, and I I meet you all the time at camps and conferences, and it always encourages me when you come up to me and say, hey, Pastor Skelly, I listen to Everyday Truth. And so whether you're a senior citizen, young at heart, or one of our teens or children, Uh, Whoever you are, it just means the world to me that you would take some time out of your busy schedule and listen to this podcast. Uh, I recommend that you listen to the podcast at 1.5 speed. Now, I know some of you right now are listening on the radio and you don't have that capability, but if you can listen to the podcast at 1.5, I think the cadence of my voice works out well at that speed, and you can get uh, 12, 13 minutes of a podcast in at about nine minutes. And so it helps a little bit too with uh, stewarding your time. Uh, anyway, we're in Jeremiah chapter number two, and we're right in the middle of, not even quite the middle, of the first message that Jeremiah ever preached. And he has already expressed the heart of God to the people by saying, I remember the relationship that we once had. I remember what it was. Uh, The term backsliding you'll find in the book of Jeremiah, in the book of Habakkuk. It's unique to this era of of prophetic ministry. And think about the word backsliding. It means we are not where we once were. We've slid back from where we once were. It's not that we've lost our relationship with God, but the relationship is not what it once was. It needs to be recaptured. That's the point here. And God has said, first of all, is it something I have done? Now, obviously, God has done nothing to impinge the relationship we have with him. Uh, If we draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to us. No, it is not God who has moved. He is the unmovable, unshakable one. It is we who have moved from him. But God, as good leaders do, says, listen, is it me? Is it I? And obviously the answer is no. So watch now verse number six. So Jeremiah chapter two, verse number six. Neither said they. So your fathers, he's talking about the the way by which they have backslidden from the Lord. Neither said they, where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt? that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought uh, uh, and of the shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through and where no man dwelt. So one of the reasons why their heart has grown cold, says Jeremiah, says the Lord to his people. One of the reasons why people can chase empty things and forget about God and church is no longer a priority. And the word of God is not uh, as powerful in our lives as it, as it once was. And it's been a long time since I've spent any time praying. How does that happen? One of the reasons that happens, the Lord says, is because we forget what God has done for us. Neither said they, 
Where is the Lord that did all these things for us? When we start, when we when we start forgetting, when we fail to enumerate, to count the blessings of God in our life, when we forget where we came from and what God has done in our life, when we don't rehearse this, when we don't make this a matter of our oral history with our kids, then we just begin to take things for granted. We forget just how blessed we are, just how good God has been, just how miraculous our road has been, the history of our lives is. And that's what the Lord is saying here. When we stop saying, Lord, thank you for that miracle or that blessing or that provision, we begin to take those things for granted and even forget about them. And that's what the Lord says here. That's why you have wandered, because you have forgotten what I have done. Look at verse number seven. And I, see what God says here? I, I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when ye entered, I gave you all these good things. Remember, God says, I gave you cities you didn't have to build. I gave you fields you didn't have to plant. I gave you a land flowing with milk and honey. I did this for you. I handed you this possession on a silver platter. You were slaves in Egypt. I did all of this for you. Now watch this, verse number seven, to eat the fruit thereof, the goodness thereof. But when ye entered, ye defiled my land and made mine heritage an abomination. You abused it. You took the land, you began to worship the false gods of the land. Instead of driving out the inhabitants like I told you, uh, you began to worship their gods, Baal and, and Ashtaroth, uh, that you began to erect these idols and plant these groves and engage in false worship. I mean, I set you up. I gave you all of this. And what did you do? You used my stuff in this way. Look at verse number eight. He begins now to, Jeremiah does, he's preaching, but this is the message from God. And in the message, he begins now to hold the leadership responsible. Understand the principle of James chapter three, and that is that uh, leaders and teachers bear the greater responsibility and accountability. That's why the Bible says, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Unto whomsoever much is given shall be much required. And God holds leadership, whether that's leadership in government or leadership in the church, or in this case, the religious leadership of the country or leadership in the family, you are more accountable. So here's a nation that used to walk in relationship with God. And God says, I remember that. What have I done wrong? Nothing. And yet you are chasing things that are empty. Why? Because you have forgotten to enumerate all the ways I've blessed you. And when I gave you all these wonderful blessings, you forgot about me. Matter of fact, you took my blessings and prostituted them. You used them for your own selfish means. And you began to worship false gods. You made uh, my possession an abomination. And who's at fault here? Well, I'm primarily going to hold the leadership accountable, says the Lord. 
Look at verse number eight. The priests said not, where is the Lord? So who are the priests? The priests are those uh, who represent man to God. Uh, It's their job to lead in worship. It's their job to show through the sacrifices the ultimate picture of the coming Messiah, Jesus, who will die for the sins of the world, that Lamb of God. It's their job to to emphasize holiness and set apartness unto God through all of the ritual uh, that the priests were responsible for. And yet the Bible says there, the priests aren't even saying, where is the Lord? They don't even miss him. Their focus isn't upon him. They're doing their duty. They're going about their work, but they're not paying any attention to the God of the work. Do you know that you can go to church? Do you know that you can preach messages? Do you know that you can sing songs and teach classes? Do you know that it's possible to do the things of God without ever thinking about the God of the things? That's what's happening here. The priests said not, where is the Lord? And they that handle the law, who would they be? Well, that would be priests, that would be Levites. Levites were they who were were responsible for Bible study in all the various tribes, not just at feast times, but uh, during day-by-day life. The priests would teach uh, and and, and, uh, give the people the word of God. So they that handle the law, the Bible says, verse number eight, knew me not. They didn't have their own relationship with God. They they knew the facts and figures. Uh, They knew the verses. They could give you the academics, but they didn't have a real bona fide relationship with God. I think about what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy. When we talked about the, the teachers of the law that understand neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. He said, here are these teachers that are teaching all these technical aspects of the law of God. They, they, they're so smart. They've gone to their famous schools. They have their doctor's degrees, but they don't know. They have no clue what the real purpose of the law is. The law is good. Have a man use it lawfully, the apostle Paul said, but these men have no clue what they're teaching. That's what the Bible's saying here. These are leaders. They, they talk about God. They talk about the things of God. They even, quote unquote, serve God in their duties, but there's no real relationship. They're just kind of going through the proverbial motions. Look at verse number eight again. So the priest said not, where's the Lord? They that handled the law knew me not. The pastors, uh, so pastor in the New Testament would refer to like the job I have, the shepherd, um, the, the guide. But, but in the Old Testament, a pastor referred to the civil shepherd. So uh, the governor or the mayor or the, the king. Uh, so the pastor here, verse, uh, they, they transgressed against me. So at every level of leadership, civil, religious, priest, Levite, they're all just a mess. And then the Bible adds a fourth category here, and the prophets, So the prophet was the one that would receive a message from God. Uh, Jeremiah was a prophet. Uh, Jeremiah is the second of the what we call the major prophets. There are five of them. And then, of course, we have the the minor prophets, the 12 of them, 17 prophets. And then there are other prophets in the Bible, obviously, like Elijah and Elisha and Micaiah and others that are prophets. Their job is to 
to take the message that God has given them and faithfully communicate it. But watch what's happening with the prophets as a group of people in, in Jerusalem, where the Bible says, and the prophets prophesied by Baal. They're not receiving a message from God. They're communicating for Baal, the false god. In other words, they're just kind of making up their message. Uh, they, they prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. Their message is wrong and their example is wrong. Their message is wrong because it's not founded upon the word of God. It's just based upon popular philosophy. And therefore, their behavior is wrong. They walk after things that have no ultimate spiritual benefit for the people. So what's the issue? The issue here in Israel is there is a vacuum of godly leadership. And when there is no leadership, wow, the people just do that which is right in their own eyes. These are dark days as Jeremiah thunders out his first message from God to these people. We're going to stop there in verse number eight. We'll jump back again into this message uh, next time. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.